Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Oh, pretty tasty. I'm still not in love with the coconut milk, coconut beverage, but I'm getting used to it. <clears throat> Today is Monday, Memorial Day in the United States. And I think it's, I think it's the 27th, right? 27th, 28th, 29th, 31st. That's right. It's Monday, May 27th. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. David was sleeping in some this morning and I had, uh, and we needed eggs. So I decided, well, I'd, normally I run on the treadmill, which is in the bedroom. But I decided, well, I'd just run outside and not bother him and go get eggs. And it was really lovely. It was a beautiful morning. I love running outside to be out in the air and the sunshine and see the sunrise and all of those things. I just don't run very well outside. <laughs> the treadmill makes me work out a lot harder. Um, I run faster and outside feels more difficult. It, um, don't know what that is. Maybe it's like the changes in the levels. The treadmill is nice and flat, whereas there's ups and downs outside. But I might start doing more of it outside just because it really is um, pleasant and peaceful. So in the U.S., a lot of people have the day off today. Uh, and but I am not taking the day off because I feel like I've had plenty um, what was being gone for Nebula Conference for so long and so I'm going to uh, get to work on revising the Fiery Citadel today I got my edit letter back from Jenny while I was in um, Los Angeles for Nebulas so and we I went asked her a few questions, and she replied. I guess I mentioned this before. So anyway, um, I'm going to dig into that revision. I'm predicting that it will take me eight working days. So we shall see. Um, I know I need to add several scenes that she's asked for, and I have to figure out a big magical thing. I put it in my brain last night as I was, as I was falling asleep. I was, was mulling it and hoping I would wake up with the answer, and I haven't gotten it yet. I have to do a little cat wrangling here. Uh, I'm going to have to... I don't know how to figure it out. It's like I know that there's an answer in there somewhere. But I'm not sure what it is. I've sort of, um, my usual thing, I've laid all of these seeds and consequences um, if you do certain things. And it is really one of the huge <laughs> underlying themes of the book and the magic system. So one would think that I would have it figured out now that I've written two books. But alas, no. And Jenny really called me on it this time. She said uh, that she thinks it needs to be spelled out more and that 
my heroine knows more than she's revealing, which is true. She's a cagey, a cagey wench. So I'm going to have to, uh, I don't know, write through it or meditate on it or something. It's some of this comes out of stuff I'm that's like out there already, and others of it is kind of intuitive, and it might be something that there's more to it out there than I know about. So I don't know. I'm trying to decide if I I might have to try looking some stuff up. And that's part of being an intuitive writer as I channel these things. Um, and there have been many times when I've written stuff and then later found out that it was like actually a thing, that it was something that was mentioned in Celtic mythology. And I, I really do believe that stuff comes up from the subconscious. No, don't go anywhere yet. Hang on. Jackson's straining at the end of his leash, but David's about to run up to the store too. So I guess I... Had I known he needed almond milk, I would have gotten it, but I didn't. Okay, there he goes, but he's going to drive up there. I've got to keep Jackson out of his way so he's not bounding into the driveway. So anyway, maybe I'll try and looking some stuff up as a, which feels a little bit like a cheat sometimes to me, but. Yeah, I don't know what. <laughs> I need to not think about it while I'm talking because I'll start mulling it too much. I kept thinking it would like appear in the story, you know, that it would reveal itself and it hasn't entirely. <clears throat> All right, I won't think about it anymore because then I'll stop talking. So anyway, that'll be fun to do that revision. I'll work on that for a little bit. I sent uh, the new shiny to Sarah on Friday afternoon. Um, I'm very pleased with that story. I hope that she likes it. If she doesn't like it, I'll probably go ahead and self-publish it because I really like it. Um, yeah, that's a that's a good story, but I think it's um I think she will I think she will like it and i I wrote um three chapters, so I think I sent her about seven thousand words, yeah, so maybe a little bit more somewhere in that neighborhood anyway, it was a pretty good chunk, so she should be have plenty to grab a hold of tweaked the synopsis. I still don't know exactly where the story is going, but, you know, that's typical for me. So I wanted to talk a little bit about, well, we'll start with the Amanda Palmer concert. Um, because a few weeks ago when I was in Los Angeles, that's part of why I went in early and I met up with Kelly Robson and Alex Della Monica. And we went to the Amanda Palmer concert, which was pretty much entirely at my instigation. They had not been familiar with her, or at least Kelly hadn't. I think Alex had been some. 
but then Kelly started watching her videos and, you know, I recommended some songs and she fell in love too. And we were all very excited to go do this. And it was cool because we went to the concert hall that we stayed in the hotel right next to the concert hall. And it was this beautiful, beautiful art deco place. And I've been a fan of Amanda Palmer's for quite some time. And for a long time, I was part of her Patreon. And she was one of the first to do a really big Patreon, you know, where the fans directly support the artist. But I stopped supporting her Patreon because I felt like I was being constantly pinged for attention. You know, I felt like, you know, she would send emails and messages frequently. Um, it felt like daily and it might not have been that much but it was way more often than I wanted to give her my attention and part of the deal with the Patreon is is you know you support at a certain level and then it gives her the money up front so that she can independently produce songs and then once she <clears throat> produces a song or a video or something then she would release it and I discovered that I didn't really like getting the songs one by one like that. That I would much, that I preferred the, the standard model of, you know, that I would rather wait for an album and buy it. And I discovered I, for a while I ran my own Patreon and some of you were my Patreon supporters and I appreciated it greatly. <clears throat> and I tried doing that for a while. But I ran into the same thing where I found that I felt much more comfortable instead of people pledging a certain amount to support me every month, that I would rather just produce work and have people buy the work itself. And I think that's a fundamental difference. And I mentioned this with the bird out panel stuff because, um, you know, when we were talking about separating yourself from your work, you know, it's, do you support me or do you support my work? And while supporting my work means supporting me, I would much rather sell my work than sell myself, if that makes sense. And I think Amanda Palmer has gotten very good at selling herself. <clears throat> and I And I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I think she's been very successful doing that. And she's created this very tight community of people. So the concert, we went, and it was interesting because it was um, some men, but a lot of women. And it was pretty cool because the woman sitting next to me had come by herself. And she was probably in her 30s. And she turned out to be a physician working in downtown Los Angeles. She was originally from the Midwest and had moved out to Los Angeles for her ex-husband's job and stayed because, you know, her kids are there and the ex-husband's there. And, you know, she was smart and interesting and she had come to the concert by herself because she didn't know anyone who she thought might have been interested in the show. And, you know, and I, I felt like this um, instant friendship with her. And to... To be fair, I maybe this is a thing about age. I also felt kind of protective of her. I was wishing that we lived in the same place because I felt like she's probably 
alone a lot on the weekends. You know, she's probably not dating anyone. And, you know, she was clearly still recovering from the divorce. You know, she didn't say anything about it, but you could tell that it had just been hard on her. And, and I liked her and, and she's, you know, doing this amazing work. You know, so that was a really cool thing to meet her because she was on my one side and then Kelly and Alex were on the other. So we chatted a bit before the concert started, that kind of thing. So, so the concert started okay, but it started at 7.30. I think that's right, 7.30, yeah. It started at 7.30 and she had even tweeted about it saying that it would start at 7.30 sharp. And it did not start at 7.30 sharp, which <laughs> which I commented on, and the physician gal said, I saw her tweet that, and I thought, oh, I better be here on time. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, we all follow your Twitter feed, and so you said sharp, we thought you meant sharp. Normally, you wouldn't really expect that. So, <clears throat> she <laughs> comes out, and she starts out with a song, and then she says... Um, she says, okay, this show is four and a half hours long, but we have to be out of here by midnight because they'll kick us out. So we can't go any longer than that. And I think we all kind of went, what? <laughs> say say what? <laughs> and a couple times during the show, she mentioned um, you know, that people think four and a half hours is long, but that you know she could keep talking for like six or seven hours. I'm cat wrangling here. Jackson's taking off down the road. Come back. <laughs> Come on. So, it was a lot of talking. And she was very committed to talking about abortion and abortion rights and about having a child and these things and choosing not to have a child. And it was... All good stuff, and all stuff that's part of this most recent album. But she... Hi, Isabelle. Isabelle's coming out to the end of the driveway to see what we're doing. Uh, in some ways, she was preaching to the choir, right? She, These were people who were already her fans, and <clears throat> so... We all, I think anyone who had strong anti-abortion feelings would not have come to this concert in the first place because it is something that she talks about a lot in her songs. And um, also, you know, it, it got to the point where it's something where I am so wholly sympathetic to this particular issue, and yet I got tired of hearing about it. And she, at one point early on, said, okay, so some of my concerts, uh, people have you know, suggested that it just gets way too sad. And she said, so I have this deal that if at any point you feel like it's too sad, just yell out, Amanda, I'm too sad, and I'll play the opening for Coin-Operated Boy, which is this very bouncy opening. And, and, which she did, and, and it was kind of funny, except that then it got a little bit... It happened a lot because it was 
really sad. It was really sad and intense. And I came away with a few things. Um, you know, Kelly and Alex, want, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not going to sum up yet. <laughs> Kelly and Alex left at intermission because they were on a three-hour, they just flown in from Toronto that day. So they left at the intermission, which happened at like 10, and which was one in the morning their time. And they were worn out. And I said, yeah, that's fine. I'll stay for the rest. You know, I had my, my new physician girlfriend. And she stayed. But I'll tell you what, easily, easily half of the people did not come back after intermission. Probably more. And Amanda came out and she said, ah, you're the brave ones. And, and it was a good arc. I mean, the end of the show was great and it hooked back to the beginning and it was like a story and it was wonderful. And the only thing I could think of was how severely it needed to be edited. And, you know, she could have done it all in two hours, maybe three, maybe three, but, uh, there was no reason to make this whole thing go on so long. And, Yeah, my, I've just been thinking about it a lot and thinking that this is something that comes out of having an intense fan community like the Patreon. Because she came back out and said, oh, well, you're the brave ones. So she clearly knew that she was losing more than half her audience at intermission. And I would think that should give any artist pause because these are your committed fans, right? These are the people who deliberately came to the show to feed you, see you. You know, I mean, like maybe some will come, at, you know, on a lark, see what this artist is about. But for the most part, it's your committed fans or that, you know, dragging their friends along saying, Hey, this person's great. Um, you know, it was far more talking than singing. It was a lot of political stuff, <clears throat> which is part of her brand, but it was, um, oh it was so joyless and the people that remained especially after intermission were really yelling things out to her you know like we love you amanda you know and all of this but you know i feel like that is part of what comes from having this intense fan community and having the patreon where you are essentially catering to particular people I'm going to go move this garbage can out of the way so that David can pull into the driveway. Uh, you are, I don't know, I think you can lose perspective. And I think that's an important point because it's its great to have the fans, but you can really lose perspective doing that. So, you know, you're not, you're no longer trying to produce an artistic work that will speak... Sorry for this. This is loud. You're no longer trying to create an artistic work to... I don't know. That's sort of outward-facing. Instead, it's sort of part of this internal talking to yourself and to this intense community. And maybe there's nothing wrong with that. But I do think it creates a difference. 
and how you approach things. Hi, Isabel. So, the other aspect of this is that clearly she knew that she was being too one-note, or she would not have been continuing to, you know, she would not have been aware of this whole thing like, you know, when it's too sad, I'll play the opening of Coin-Operated Boy. And I think that's something that, you know, any creator thinks about is like when you're presenting something, you don't want it to be one single rote because people have a hard time absorbing that. Uh, variation is, is hugely a part. You know, you create an arc, you build, and you take things up and down and you add in humor to mitigate the darkness. And she did that to some extent, but for the most part, um, it was really too sad. So, <laughs> I think, uh, I don't know, it was interesting. Kelly said, Kelly and Alex both said that they were glad that they went, but I don't know, am I glad I went? I guess I am. It was a good experience, but I did not, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't, um, I didn't get out of it what I hoped to. And, and I think that that's, um, I don't know. I, I still enjoy her as a performer, but, and this was the first concert of hers I'd gone to, but I know her other concerts haven't been exactly that way. Uh, I don't think I would go to another one, you know? So that's something for me to think about as a writer, you know, like when you, when you drive away a dedicated fan, you know, you, you want to take risks. You want to do um, things that are, I don't know, dangerous, dangerous in a creative way, but is it worth it? <clears throat> and maybe it is. And, you know, maybe she'd say it was. So those are my thoughts on that. I am going to get to work. I hope you all have a lovely Monday or a lovely holiday, if that's what you're doing today. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Bye-bye. Take care.